I thought I made a lot of really big sacrifices to do this and I thought I had given up everything and sold all my possessions and gave up the ultimate sacrifice which is not the ultimate sacrifice it turns out there's always more to give because nothing is ours it's something that God he walks you through making those sacrifices and he leads you to it very gently and very kindly This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church in Franklin, Indiana, where we explore how the local church fits in with the global church and how the kingdom is at work on a local level. Current Church meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear in Franklin and exists to encounter God, equip the church, and engage the world. We believe that whatever God is going to accomplish in this world, He is going to do through the church Big C. These are our stories and the testimony of the power of God in everyday lives. Find out more at currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Now here's your host, Jeremy. Fresh off of a Mission Sunday at Current, we turn our sights towards what this summer has in store for a couple of our missionaries to the American church. Daniel and Alicia Benadnai from He Is Revival Ministries, along with their daughter, Elizabeth. Speaking of missions, let's say hello to Michael. Hey, Current. What up? It's Michael. I just wanted to give you guys a quick update on what I'm doing. Um, we just... Here at the base, we just had a really big conference called DNA, where people from all over the world have just come together to continue to talk about our values and um, to talk about ministries and new callings that we want to have. And um, I got to be able to run the cafe during that time. So it's just a really awesome opportunity to create a space where people could talk about their calling and talk about um, things that God is doing in their lives over a cup of coffee. And right now, by the time you're hearing this, I'm probably on my way to Nepal. I just want to give you a huge thank you for sending me and for praying for me and supporting me financially. Uh, I'm so excited to see what God has for me there. I would just ask that you guys keep praying for my back because it's not completely better and I'm still in a lot of pain. And uh, just continue praying for my team and praying against sickness and uh, that we would be healthy and that we'd be ready to go into Nepal and give all that God has Yep, thank you guys. Hope you're following Michael Fiesel on social media. She'll keep us posted on the trip, and we're standing with her for complete healing in her back. Daniel and Alicia Benadnai and Elizabeth. They launched He Is Revival Ministries. They exist to equip the saints, empower the church, and awaken the world through an authentic encounter with Christ. This is the second time that we've had them in. They've got a big summer planned. We'll go over that and so much more. Thanks for listening. business it's been Let's a year exactly i would say within three days since you guys have been here <laughs> that's unscientific i did want to revisit at some point soon and then you guys took a look at your calendar and realized the sooner the better and so since it's been a year your house sold yep mm-hmm. you've moved you've traveled a lot you had crazy trying time in iowa was it iowa last summer it Um, was in november (laughs) i wish it was summer um yeah november was it november early okay yeah um you had uh, a rich and bountiful january with current church uh, which we can get into all of these things and then when gene went on sabbatical you were the um not foe foe's not the word (laughs) uh interim interim leadership at current sure and so we've gone from not seeing you for long stretches of time to wow you guys are almost like our pastors and riding that wave of missing you guys and being full of you guys and all that stuff mm-hmm. i don't remember who said it so i'm um but i'm pretty sure it was said <laughs> that when you guys were launching this hir thing does anybody ever call it hir I call Just it H-I-R. Yeah. Only in my notes. Um, <laughs> that, 
I don't know if the word was surprised, but the fact that you guys stuck around mm-hmm. was maybe not um, super typical. You guys didn't do the bang out the fundraising and then smell you guys later. We're off to bigger and better callings. If anything, you guys are more a part of our body yeah. than ever, more involved in our lives than ever, more connected than ever. And I think that's a beautiful thing. How important is it for you guys having the kind of atypical ministry that you do to have a home church to come back to? So important. Um, on so many levels, too. Uh, there are times during worship at Current where, you know, maybe we had a week where we spent all week booking and we spent all week with churches and pastors. And, and then even that morning, we had gotten up bright and early, sometimes like four or five o'clock and gone to another church and came back and just got back in time for service and I'll be worshiping, but I'll just go to the back and, you know, sit, sit against the wall. Um, and just maybe not even sing, just Mm. soak it in, you know, uh, feel a time of refreshing for myself after I've poured out so much. You know, and if we didn't have a home church, then we'd just be pouring out, pouring out. I mean, granted, there's our own devotional time and our own time with the Lord, um, but it's different in a church setting, in a in a congregational setting. Yeah, I would say too that it's a a different feeling being with family, and even when you know maybe your kid was ready to spread their wings and fly away to college or something. The kid always comes home when they can and um it's still their home. And so that is a very stabilizing force I think for us as we travel because we know we always have a home. We have friends, we have a solid support group and um you know we've been able to text people or call them or just make it known if we needed something or just prayer or just friendship. And it has carried us through in some really difficult times. So um, it really cannot be overstated the importance of being truly connected to a family, not just in name, like, oh, this is where I'm from, but also still connecting and investing in the family you're a part of. How have you found that balance between being gone for long periods of time and coming back and still embracing your God-given role roles as leaders in our family to the extent where I believe you had approached Gene at the beginning of the year with the idea of doing the one-on-ones and the, and the meetups? That's a strength to be able to be gone, but then to come and still have that ownership. Is that a tough balance to strike? Um... I would say that the two kind of play into each other or pour into one another because I feel like when we're out there with another church, we're learning how to do church better with our church. And uh, when we're doing things with current, we're learning how to do things better with other churches. And it also um, has allowed us to get a perspective on our church because, you know, I've been a a part of current for a long time. (laughs) Uh, I don't know, maybe eight, nine years, something like that. And, uh, being able to go out and then, you know, what we did in January is we kind of looked at current with a new perspective, like, okay, if we were doing this for another church, how would we do it? If we, we're coming into this setting and looking as an outsider, looking in to current church, how would we approach it? And so I feel like the two have really meshed together. Well, what do you think? Yeah. And there's a strange phenomenon that happens with missionary kids and things like that, where um, the people who are gone feel more connected to the people who are still at home than the people at home feel to the people who left. So when we're gone, we look at, okay, who are our friends? Who is like our family, our church family? And, you know, all the names come to mind at current. And because we haven't seen anybody else that 
is that close to us. Sure. So we're just with strangers, pretty much. Um, and so it's a big deal for us to keep those relationships going. And so we just try personally to keep the relationships going, as well as just staying up on um, any you know big events in people's lives and that kind of thing, just so that we can step back in and like nothing ever changed. Speaking with Daniel and Alicia Benad and I of He Is Revival Ministries, search He Is Revival on Facebook, or is it facebook.com slash He Is Revival? Yes, sir. New YouTube channel. He Is Revival Ministries. On YouTube. Yep. Instagram. He Is Revival. <laughs> I forget we have a an Instagram. We do. And a website, heisrevival.com. This is an Instagrammable moment. It is. That God has given us. When I met with you in January... Like any good therapists, you didn't give me any answers, but you led me to to speak answers that were already somewhere within me out loud. Yeah. One thing we uncovered was that I needed to interview more strange people on the podcast in 2019. So <laughs> oh, I'm glad are. to be a part of that. <laughs> um, what did you guys learn through that month? Uh, for those who don't know, at the basically at the very beginning of the year. You announced that you were going to be using January for um, the only thing that's coming to mind is a spurring on. But these meetings, the, an awakening, the vision casting, what did you guys call it? And what did you guys learn as you met with almost everybody at Current? I think we call it a vision intensive. Um, and so, yeah, we just met with pretty much every couple, every individual, um, anyone who wanted to meet with us. So we, we got them all in. Yeah, and we... Um we were kind of using this model that we've used with other churches to fill people in who maybe aren't part of current. We've started this uh, extended stay model with churches where we'll come and stay for maybe a month, maybe you know a few weeks, and really dig in with them. Mm-hmm. So we decided to do that with current in January. So the biggest takeaway that we really felt was just a just a deep sense of just how precious everybody is and how uniquely gifted um, everyone is and the way God has put together the body at current. It's just, there's such a compliment. You can see it when you talk to everybody individually. You know, one person has a gift for evangelism. Another person has a passion for art. And you can just see these two things coming together so easily. And you can be like, hey, you know, Macy, have you talked to Kaylin? And maybe it's a combination you wouldn't have heard of or seen before, but there's just, there's so much that God has put in this body. And, um, we just really wanted to be a part of bringing it to the surface and mobilizing people in their gifts. Yeah. And (laughs) I don't know if, uh, I don't know how people necessarily perceived it. I think that people liked it, but I, it almost seemed like a fact-finding mission. Like, um, I'm thinking of like office space where the two consultants come in. Um, oh, sure. What were their names? Uh, uh, Bob and Bob, I thought. Yeah, the something Bobs. like that. <laughs> but they come in and just ask everybody a bunch of questions to find out who they needed to fire. <laughs> what? So I wouldn't what say I've been say... missing. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you say you do here? <laughs> um, but actually, like, you know, we took notes and then we handed them to the person that we were talking to. And really, more than anything, that was for for them. You know, for each person uh, at current. And, you know, we are gifted in the prophetic and we could maybe just sit there and tell people things about themselves. But I think it's a lot more effective um, when people can tell you, you know, and maybe I don't know that that everyone sits down and thinks through how am I gifted? Sure. How how am I called? Um, People don't keep that. As, as I like to say, in front of their face, you know, um, what am I called to people just get in the everyday, the everyday grind of life and they don't think about what's my purpose? What's my calling? Well, and let alone spending hours talking about it with somebody who can ask you questions and that's the sole point. So for some people it was just one hour and I think our longest was seven hours, and I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was 
it was great. Time flies, you know, when you're having fun. But I mean, I haven't spent seven hours thinking about my calling in a long time. And I lied before they did give me answers. But that's that's between me and the Lord. <laughs> we try not to. <laughs> and then after that, Gene went on sabbatical. And I almost feel like that was orchestrated. I Maybe there were rumblings of a sabbatical. I don't think you guys knew the time and place of it um, during January. But one thing I felt like those sessions prepared people to kind of begin to think beyond a little bit and to be able to visualize what their role was in the body. To the point where if we need to go two months without our front man, we could easily do that. And then probably you guys had even more of shepherd's hearts than you did to be able to step in in interim capacity. And so I feel like a couple things that we learned while Gene was gone. A, well, I'll speak for myself. You guys can respond. I, I learned that God has placed Gene with his unique personality in our unique body our gatherings have a unique personality. Our ministries have a unique personality. You guys are an outgrowth of that. And that it fits together and it's of the Lord. And then B, that because of Gene's leadership style, a lot of people were ready to step in. And the two months flew by like that. And then C, I was ready to have our front man back as well. Mm-hmm. No offense. Hey, um, I agree. <laughs> what did you guys learn we just talked about what you learned in January. What did you learn in March and April? <laughs> um, well, we've never been in a pastoral role. Um, we've led services um, for sure. That's kind of what we do. Uh, but actually kind of helping look over, you know, watch over a, a, a flock <laughs> so to speak that was different i'm I'm actually really glad that we got to have that perspective because we talk to pastors a lot and most of the time i am kind of like well i don't fully know from firsthand experience what you're going through you know and granted two months doesn't (laughs) doesn't make you it doesn't give you a phd in church life um but it was it was definitely interesting. New perspective for us, for sure. What do you think, Alicia? Well, um, I definitely agree with that. I also think that we um, had an opportunity to um, continue what was started in January. Yeah. So a lot of times, even with these extended stays, we go somewhere, we make a splash or whatever, and we try to give them the tools to walk that out as they continue as a church body, but being able to come on the second half of that and make a splash, talk to everybody in the church, get everything all stirred up and then walk it out was a, um, just a really cool opportunity. And I feel like we also learned how to be a little more responsive, um, to the needs of a congregation. Um, and you know, we could just use every tool we possibly could to, help people grow and that's really the point of all of it anyway my mental image will be daniel lying on the floor or actually sitting cross-legged on the floor scrubbing urine in the men's bathroom (laughs) during our spring cleaning day but then again how many times has gene done that right yeah been on his hands and knees in the men's bathroom (laughs) with 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 nobody around with with nobody to acknowledge it with and that's the way that things have been um for our leader and so I think that was a, a very unifying day. It was a very eye-opening day for people to see what goes into it. And yeah. um, I think it was extremely valuable for people to take that ownership of our facility and, and take pride in it moving forward. I think that was a huge thing. It was a spiritual thing. Yes. Uh, we've been speaking mostly about current church-specific activity. Um, <laughs> God came to Alicia in um, either a dream or a vision, vision to kind of set their course for this summer. We will uncover that and what they've got going on starting soon when we come back on the Big C, Little C podcast. Hey, this is Gene, the front man at Current Church, and glad you found our podcast. You can hit me up directly, uh, gene at currentchurch.net. Love to field any questions you might have regarding me or the church or anything that's happening there. So I hope you'll enjoy the podcast every time you get a chance to tune in. Hope you learn something from it. Hope you figure out a little bit more about who we are. If you ever want to visit us, you can find us at 230 Commerce Drive. We meet at the Gear 
in Franklin, 6 p.m. on Sunday nights. You can sleep in, come hang out on Sunday night. It's what I do. (laughs) You can visit our website, currentchurch.net. We're on all the social medias. We're really not on all the social medias, but we are on Facebook and we are on Instagram. Instagram at currentchurchfranklin. Facebook slash Current Church. This is my best radio voice. The NPR voice requires you to get really close. You have to get really close for the NPR voice. This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. Got a lot of questions about Iowa from November um, when we had this extremely helpless feeling hearing these reports back from you guys. And (laughs) all we could do is is give and pray. But um, we will get to that. Alicia's on a more of a time crunch than Daniel. So I want to dig into this vision God gave you Mm -hmm. for your summer and uh, take it away. Well, um, we were in Quincy, Illinois, and we actually were on a TV show, like a prayer hour TV show there. Um, with a pastor. We had ministered at his church a couple days earlier. So we were praying beforehand and just kind of taking some time to get ready for the prayer hour. So pre-prayer prayer. And (laughs) um, as we're sitting there, um, I just had this uh, picture flash in my mind. Um, That's kind of how the visions happen for me is just kind of like this thing pops in and it's almost like someone changed the channel in my head. So I just watched to see what happens on the channel. So um, I saw a picture of the Mississippi River, um, like a map, and it, it was like the, total, the top of it to the bottom, and I saw 10 deadbolt locks click open all in a row down the Mississippi. And um, I didn't really know a ton of what to make of that at the time, and we were getting ready for the prayer service show. So I kind of just put it on the back burner and I told Daniel about it after the show, I think. And, um, so he was like, okay, that's interesting. And then I looked at the map at the house we were staying in and saw that there were 10 states that actually touched the Mississippi. I hadn't realized that Tennessee and Kentucky both touched it. So that was interesting that there are 10 deadbolts and there are 10 states. So we kind of put two and two together and Daniel had the interpretation that we should um, go to each of those places. And as we go, the deadbolt, the lock unlocks for us and not just for us, but for the Holy Spirit. It seemed like the spirit was moving down the Mississippi from the mouth in Minnesota down to Louisiana. So, um, actually at that time, I hadn't put this together until a little bit after, um, my friend in Bemidji, Minnesota had a dream that she and I were putting on a service together and, uh, contacted me just, I hadn't talked to her in a long time. And she was like, Oh, look at this silly dream. Isn't that crazy? I hope you're doing well. And, um, then I came back around to the Facebook message after I had that vision and I was like, well, I know what your dream meant, and I think we're coming to town. <laughs> so <laughs> that was our first open door, yeah. and we're just um, you know, trying to fill in all the spots between the two. And uh, all of last year, we have been in a lot of places by the Mississippi River. Yeah. We were in uh, Vicksburg, Mississippi, uh, which is right on the Mississippi River, as well as Galena, Illinois, uh, Collinsville, Illinois. Quincy um, is also right on the Mississippi, and every time I just uh, we were by by the Mississippi. Actually, I remember when we were in Quincy, I just find myself driving way out of our way to drive beside the Mississippi River, and I just kept feeling like, man, there's something about this, you know? There's something about us traveling along the Mississippi River, and I, and I hadn't put it together, but. It was kind of confirmation there. So logistically, okay, so you get the interpretation and you know what you're supposed to do, but that it sounds like a logistically imposing project to very to put into practice. How's that going? It's been good and bad. <laughs> it's very difficult. So we do pretty much everything out of relationship. Uh, for the most part, if we don't have relationship with somebody. Um, or at least somebody mutual friends or yeah, something. At, at least something there, then 
chances are we won't be ministering at that church um, because we, for the most part, don't make cold calls. <laughs> um, so as we, you know, as we had said, we worked with quite a few places along the Mississippi River, um, you know, God just setting us up, but that left us with still quite a few states where we had nobody. So we've been having to rely on the Lord um, and also put in some man hours, put in some real uh, grunt work, I guess, making cold calls, doing the research, you know, researching churches, researching uh, even like geography and all that, um, trying to find places to go to. And Alicia was like... We move in the prophetic. Why Why do we have to make all these cold calls? Um, but I really feel like the Lord has kind of been asking us to put in the work. Yeah. You know, um, I would love it if right now we're trying to book Tennessee and I would love it if God just, I don't know, told me the church, told me the pastor's name, gave me the phone number and I called and they were like, all right, let's book you. But instead, I'm having to actually invest into this and do some things that are way outside my comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, get a lot of no's, get a lot of voicemails. And I, it kind of stinks, but at the same time, I'm happy to put in the work, you know, required. Yeah. Because everything good requires work. Yeah, I mean, we're going to all the states, whether they like it or not. So <laughs> if there's a state that doesn't have a church open for us, we're just going to hold an open air service and put up some signs and um, go for it. But Go to a national or state yeah. park. Yeah. And just, yeah, we're... Um, we're on a mission from God. <laughs> it's not... I mean, yeah. we want to minister along the way, of course. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's not really... That's not really our goal necessarily as far as accomplishing what we're trying to right we want to work with churches um for sure and honestly even if we don't have them all booked if we don't have every state booked by the time we you know we're scheduled to leave we're still going yeah and we believe god will set things up he always does and this is really about obedience though yeah (laughs) results be what they may be what if this is because god wants you to Learn how to follow these instructions or learn how to cold call or what yeah. all of the above. I look at you guys, and I, as I mentioned earlier, it's been a year. As I know, it's been a tough year. I know you guys uh, sat here a year ago. I cannot believe it's been that long. Telling me how much you hated fundraising. Telling me how much <laughs> you hated some of the logistical things. And it, even after that, there was a real, real battle with the house cell. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's moving into an RV. There's the trials that you've seen along the way. And here you are another year older and another year wiser, but also another year, um, worn down by, by ministry life, but you're not, you're sitting here smiling with the radiance and the joy and, and the confidence in your calling as ever. Mm-hmm. You guys must be absolutely certain. This is what God has for your lives right now. Yeah. Yep. And it feels so good to be able to say that. I haven't always been able to say that in my life, but knowing that you're just, you're in the right spot and like anything that goes awry is not that big of a deal. Like when we went 14 days or whatever it was without water in Iowa, um, because of frozen water pipes, well, not pipes, hoses. Um, I mean, that was no fun. There are worse things in this world. And it really didn't bother me that much because, I mean, that's what we're doing and we're doing the right thing and we're having a great time doing literally our dreams. So like, yeah, I had to take a bucket shower, but like we got to accomplish our dream. So what's the point? I've found, I actually found some great joy in that. (laughs) Um, Even in some of the, you know, quote unquote suffering, uh, just knowing that we're doing what the Lord's called us to do, you know, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) And I totally believe you. 
Um, from a timeline standpoint, when do you guys, what are you calling it, River of Joy? Mm-hmm. River of Joy tour, yeah. When does it begin? What's the timeline for it? Where are you starting? You may have said that. So we are beginning, we are pretty sure we're leaving on June 5th or 6th, one of those two days. And uh, we're heading to Bemidji, Minnesota, which is where the headwaters of the Mississippi are. And then we're going to slowly make our way down. So we're trying to do it in an orderly fashion. There's a little bit of back and forth, just a little. Um, But we're going to hit Bemidji, Minnesota, um, Wisconsin. We're still working out, but we're definitely going to be in Platteville. And then... Possibly uh, on Alaska. Yep, right on the river. And then Galena, Illinois... And then we're hitting Clinton, Iowa, Clinton, Iowa, Muscatine, Iowa, Quincy, Illinois, Illinois. Collinsville, Illinois, or which is St. Louis. Yeah. After before that, there's oh I don't know. And then, yeah, and then we're gonna go it'll take a little trip through Missouri, um, and then we're gonna hit Kentucky, Kentucky, Tennessee, yep, Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana, yeah. back to Vicksburg, Mississippi, where my sister lives. And then New Orleans, that's the plan for the end of it. That's down in the Delta. So um, we're going to try to hit each place. And right now we're scheduled to be back at the end of July. We're thinking like 21st-ish, 25th-ish, somewhere in that area. What specific fundraising needs are there because of this tour? Well, um... (laughs) You have an opportunity to get... Yeah, right now we are... (laughs) Fundraising, uh, trying to raise $1,500. And if you go to our Facebook page, you can see the breakdown of that. But basically, we're going to try to get a small portable PA system for a few reasons, both so that we can do worship live out just on the street or at a, at a, uh, park, park, something. Yeah. Just have a, a very portable sort of PA. And also for churches that maybe, you know, don't have much in in terms of PA. And then that's really an investment into the future of He is Revival, because then if we get to a place and they don't have, you know, a proper PA set up or whatever, they're just getting started. Or (laughs) we go to a lot of churches and what I call the audio demons (laughs) show up that morning. Um, We can just say, hey, if it's small enough of a room, you know, we'll pull out our small PA system and be ready to go. And then we're raising um, just a little bit, $400 um, for gas that should, should cover most of our gas for this. And also, you know, we're going to be blessed along the way, I'm sure. Um, So that's kind of what we're planning for our lodging. I don't think we're taking the RV on this trip. No. So, um, because we can get better gas mileage with the van. So, $1,500 $1,500 is definitely what we need to be able to make this happen. And then beyond that, we're going to try to just go with the cash flow as the Lord opens those doors. But honestly, just kind of as a side note, we're, you know, looking at our schedule, you could imagine, you know, we go in and minister at a church on Sunday morning or Sunday night. Uh, you know, surely they'll they'll put us up that night or what have you. Then we have... Maybe a Wednesday service. Well, they put us up, you know, and then we've got two days in between. (laughs) And then we've got three days until uh, the next Sunday. Um, So if I did my math right. (laughs) Uh, But honestly, we're doing a whole lot of this on faith, like this whole thing. Just it's going to take a lot of faith. It's going to take a lot of prayers on the part of people back home yeah um we're definitely gonna need your support i mean not just giving wise but just friendship wise and encouragement wise and um you know we always look to current to be our family so that means a lot to us so 1500 for the pa and gas yes, oh and that includes gas. Okay. yeah so 700 yeah. for the pa plus some for microphones and stands and stuff and then 400 for gas so current people can givelify Yes. Otherwise, he is revival.com slash give. give. Smash it. 
<laughs> but no, it is an opportunity. I think I said last year, maybe, maybe I didn't, but maybe I don't even want to say it out loud because I don't want God to strike me down and put me into an RV. But I, <laughs> I may never sell all my possessions and burn the plow and live in an RV. But for those of us who are inspired by your guys' obedience, y'all's obedience, humans' obedience, um, this is a way to be involved. It really is an opportunity to jump right in and be a part of what you guys are doing. I know uh, time is, is short here for Alicia. Is there anything else that we need to cover before? What have, What's the, the loudest lesson that you've learned over the last year? The loudest lesson I've learned over the last year? I think my faith has grown quite a bit. Just in trusting God to provide for our needs, uh, but also trusting God that Daniel probably heard from him, I say <laughs> would probably be something I've learned because that's like God's favorite lesson for me to learn, story of my whole life. But anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Hey, he's almost 30 now. Right, he is almost 30. He's almost to the age where you could teach people in uh, ancient Israel. Look at that. I've surpassed that age, so uh, that, and that's why I keep learning that lesson. So anyway, um, Daniel is has really um, led our family well, honestly, and I have learned to follow a little bit better. But also, you know, I thought I made a lot of really big sacrifices to do this, and I thought I had given up everything and sold all my possessions and whatever and whatever gave up the ultimate sacrifice which is not the ultimate sacrifice it turns out Um, there's always more to give because nothing is ours so it's something that God he walks you through making those sacrifices and he leads you to it very gently and very kindly Um, but the more that you sacrifice to him and you give to him and you give up what you want the more he opens doors of opportunity and just the confidence and the joy in knowing that that is you're doing exactly what he's wanting you to do and you get a sense of fulfillment that's really hard to explain um, until you've stepped out in faith like went out on that limb the limb gets real rickety at the end and then you realize that it's not even your ground to stand on so you might as well get used to that free fall because it's that's just the way it is to walk with Christ. He's always there for you. That'll preach. Yep. All right, we'll be right back with Daniel. We got pictures to take. Thanks, Alicia. <laughs> Thought she would never leave. <laughs> I won't take a lot more of your time. We asked Alicia what her loudest lesson of the past twelve months. Oh. When I was listing your list of trials and travails, I wasn't trying to paint a, a bleak picture, but I just know that you guys have faced a lot of stuff head on yeah. and have come through the other side. Um, and I want to ask specifically about Iowa in a minute, but what would be your answer to that question? <sighs> the thing that comes to mind is just faith, learning about faith. Um, you know, what we all thought it was you know that faith is just belief you know but the word says faith comes by hearing that is hearing the word of god and uh just realizing that faith is hearing god hearing his instructions and then just doing it (laughs) there's a big sector of christianity that thinks that faith is is a feeling or a mental ascent. Yeah. And, you know, the things that we've done have required a lot of faith and that didn't require a lot of mental ascent. And it it required hearing the, the Lord, making sure that you heard the Lord and then just doing it, acting on it, you know? So I, I guess that would probably be my biggest lesson I don't know. I've learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. She mentioned bucket showers, frozen hoses. <laughs> I know you were concussed. Yeah. At one point. <laughs> Explains a lot. 
Um, <laughs> easiest joke ever. But no, I. What were you guys going through? What uh, we were praying for you guys a lot and hearing reports, and I know there was some discouragement mixed in. Yeah. So we went out there. I don't know. I guess that I assumed that it would be like an Indiana November because longitudinal. Yeah. <laughs> longitudinally it's not that far off longitudinally <laughs> it's not that far off from where we are so i figured okay it's gonna be and alicia was like no you can't trust <laughs> november in the north um so we went out there thinking okay we'll be good like in indiana in november we'd be fine well we get out there everything seems mostly okay and then like i think there was actually record-breaking cold um, <laughs> while we were there, you went out. You had a couple of churches lined up, or uh, no, just actually one church. Okay, we were doing an extended stay with with this one church. Uh, Pastor Oscar Iturriaga, um, phenomenal guy. Somebody that actually some of the current church people got to meet and hang out with uh, while he was here. From Oscar and Megan. Yep. Oh, okay. Oscar and Megan. So we went out there and we. Uh, had already worked out like okay we're gonna lead worship for them they they kind of needed somebody to fill in a, a little bit for worship so we were like okay we're gonna lead worship um hey while we're out here why don't we do some training on the prophetic they, they were gonna have a prophetic conference they did have a prophetic conference um towards the beginning of the time we were there and so we were like okay we're just you know we're gonna go out here uh hook up outside the church and you know rock and roll um (laughs) and then this record breaking cold comes and it was interesting (laughs) because um yeah our our water supply lines froze you know we couldn't get water to the rv uh it was a little rough you know um and so yeah we we took bucket showers i was i guess from the mission work i've done and just how i've lived my life i was kind of okay with it <laughs> alicia was a little bit less okay with it <laughs> um but it was really uh interesting because the church was so warm to us they it was i mean we built relationships there that were just it felt like we had been there our whole lives um the people were so welcoming and we were able i think we were able to do some major work with the church and we were seeing amazing moves of the spirit uh during our prophecy teaching we had some amazing things come up and actually the last night we had everybody line up in two lines and prophesy over the person in front of them oh wow that's awesome so every almost every person in the church or at least that was at this bible study prophesied by the time we were done and paul talks about he says you know and i'm paraphrasing here he says outwardly i'm wasting away but inwardly i'm being renewed day by day and that that passage really came to my mind because inwardly i was just being renewed being refreshed um you know i was watching the spirit move you know i was so excited and so um so impressed by what god was doing and just really overjoyed by being able to serve him and we go to these places and things happen and it's more like we just get to be along for the ride you know we get to be eyewitnesses to what god's doing and uh so i don't know for me i didn't even care about i mean yes i did have a concussion (laughs) i i was working on stuff outside the rv and stood up real quick right underneath uh one of the slide outs right underneath like the steel post underneath it and uh alicia said i just let out a yell like she had never heard before (laughs) and then i was pretty dazed (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I don't know. It happens. How, how long were you on the shelf after that? Uh, actually, I played in worship that night. Oh, no. That was during, I think that was the first night of the prophetic conference. <laughs> so so I, I played that night. Did you? Megan. Say the last name again. It's beautiful. Ituriaga. <laughs> um, she said that I just had this blank look on my face <laughs> while I was playing. Like, not that I was playing bad or anything, but I, I just, I had my eyes wide open during, and just staring off into the distance with a blank, you know, <laughs> thousand mile stare on. <laughs> oh, well. God spoke through a donkey once. I guess he can speak through the concussed, <laughs> the concussed man. You know, well, I, at least, I mean, I was just playing. I was uh, backing okay. up uh, James Huey. Oh, okay, um, okay. So he was he was leading. Okay. So I didn't even have to lead. So it <laughs> didn't take too much brain power, I guess. You guys are a couple of years into this thing. Not mm-hmm. quite. No, you have like hopes and dreams and visions and international and teams going out. Um, yeah. And that's probably important to kind of keep that in front of you. How do you uh, balance those big dreams with the day-to-day? <sighs> it's hard to keep focus on that, keep my eyes up, keep my chin up, you know? Um, I haven't seen your chin in years. <laughs> <laughs> uh Especially when I'm I'm doing things like making cold calls and yeah. getting a lot of no's, yeah. you know, and a lot of people who just don't know us have never heard our names, you know, and understandably so. But yeah, it's it's hard um, to keep to keep my eyes on where we're going instead of where we are. Um, but at the same time, when I look at what we're doing. I realize, okay, we're really sowing into the nations in the future. You know, I, I hope we have a chance to touch hundreds of churches. You know, we're sowing into the teams going out. It's all playing a role, even though it's not glamorous all the time. It's all playing a role and playing into where we're moving. And after 20 or so months of traveling like this, my guess is you're probably more convinced than ever that not only are you called to this, but the American church needs a ministry like this. Yeah, I I think so. Um, not that the American church needs us necessarily, but this sort of thing, right? it's invaluable. And what I'm finding is there are a lot of ministries, organizations, people who will go for the right money. Yeah. And that sounds bad. Yeah. And I don't yeah. want to diss anybody because I understand. But the small church needs revival just as much as a big church. The difference is that the money isn't as good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, I mean, I'm just being real. Sure. Saying stuff that evangelists probably aren't supposed to say uh, but um some of the needs of the smaller churches are pretty great and they are the ones who can't pay to bring somebody in can't pay for another staff person can't pay uh for any of this and so i really see what god's bringing us into as invaluable the river of joy tour 2019 june and july he is revival ministries they have some fundraising needs. He is revival.com slash give the Givelify app for current churches. And um, they need your prayers as well. We began the episode talking about current church specific things. I want to circle back around. I'm going to put you on the spot in a second. But I, I want to thank you for your uh, leadership, for your humility um, in carrying out what you're called to do in our local family under Gene, but yet with your own flair, your own creativity, your, you know, your own ministry. I I thought it was awesome. I want to ask you to speak a word of prayer over our family. We're going to miss you guys like crazy after having you around so much, you know, we're going to have to quit you guys cold Turkey here in a minute. (laughs) Uh, So I would love to have you speak a word of prayer for us and then we'll wrap it up. 
Yeah. Lord, we thank you for current church. God, I thank you for their faithfulness. Um, Lord, I, I, I thank you for the people that you've brought into the family at current church um, who are still there and who have gone on uh, in one way or another. Lord, I thank you that you've brought this culture, um, this distinct culture uh, of part of your kingdom to current church. Lord, I ask that you would give direction to current church. Um, Lord, uh, speak even to from the leadership to the lay person. Lord, speak to all of us. Give us all direction and help us to know what our, what our next steps are. God, I ask that you would pour out your spirit even more on current church. Lord, so that uh, some of the mundane things some of the normal things would just even ooze out of our minds like (laughs) that we wouldn't even be able to think about um some of these mundane things and lord that we'd be so enraptured by your presence by your spirit uh that we start to forget that um all these other things lord and i just i ask that you would bring greater unity Jesus' last, uh, one of his last prayers on the earth was that we would be unified, that we would be one, even as he and the Father are one. And Lord, I ask that you would bring that unity to current church. Lord, um, raise up the fivefold. Lord, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and help us to learn how the fivefold should operate. Um, Lord, help us to understand how to uh, how to listen to and interact with each of those unique offices and giftings. Um, yeah, Lord, and your word says that uh, when we do, that it would help uh, build up the saints, Lord, and help us t- to bring us into maturity. So, Lord, help us to lean into that during this next season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. He is revival. Daniel and Alicia Benad and I and Elizabeth, uh, River of Joy Tour 2019. I may be envisioning uh, some Collins from the road, um, checking in on you guys, and I look forward to hearing an amazing report. Thank you. listening to Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. For more information, visit currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Current Church is located in Franklin, Indiana and meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear. Theme music written and performed by Still the Hand, imaging by Jessica Albertson. Please join us next time for more conversations on Big C, Little C.